Hello, hi, welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Hi, um, our website's traveladviceshow.com, and uh, today is July 9th, 2007, and today we're going to be talking about river running, and my, my name's Chris Newton, I'm the co-host, and my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How you doing, Jerry? Hi. Very fine, thanks. How are you, Chris? Oh, really well. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. W would you like to introduce our guest, Jerry, uh, our guest for river running today? I would love to. Um, Bill Dvorak has been um, running the what I consider the most fabulous uh, whitewater rafting and kayaking and canoeing trips in the world. He does several uh, countries such as New Zealand and Nepal and, of course, the western United States. He's done it since 1969, and um, his reputation is just flawless and fabulous. And we're ecstatic and very excited to have you with us, Bill. Uh, thank you for c calling in and being our guest today. How are you? Happy to do it, Jerry. I'm doing just fine. Fabulous. Uh, I would like to start out asking a question um, about um, using the rivers for transportation as far as pleasure. Um, what kind of client do you think would enjoy uh, white water or kayaking on the rivers with your trip? Well, it really depends. I mean, we have such a large variety of trips. I mean, we've got everything from sort of class one, class two, on up to class five. So we get all sorts of folks that go on the rivers, everything from families to sort of adrenaline junkies to people that just want to be in a wilderness setting to folks that want to learn about the natural history and the flora and the fauna or they want to new, learn a new skill like kayaking or how to fly fish. So, you know, basically we've taken people, you know, as young as three and four years old and as old wow. as I think 92. Wow, wow. Awesome. how fabulous. Uh, what is the normal length of time for most of the trips, do you think? Well, I guess an average? The, the majority of people are going to do short trips, like half-day, one-day, or overnight trips. Okay. And then, um, you know, some of our trips are as long as, as three to six or eight days. And we have some specialty trips, like our classical music trip, which is an eight-day trip. And it really just depends on... Um, you know, what people are doing or where they want to go. Some of the international trips, of course, can be two to three weeks long. So um, many times we can kind of just find out what people are looking for, and then we can just try to fit a trip into their, their wants and desires and their needs. Okay. okay. Uh, but Bill, yeah, what kind of when international trips? Your... Oh. oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, oh that's all right. Well, yeah, I, Bill, I was wondering, you mentioned the international trips. What, 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 other, what, what, what countries do you go to uh, to do the... The river running? There. Well, primarily we go, we take some trips down into Mexico in the spring, which is right actually on the Texas-Mexico border, and then we go, uh, we have trips that go to Nepal and New Zealand primarily. Oh, really? Nepal and New Zealand? Oh, that's great. That's great. Mm. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Uh, what is included on a, a normal type of trip? I know you said they have pay, but if they go for, let's say, overnight, uh, what do people do you provide, and about what would an average cost be? Because a lot of our listeners have never done it before, or if they have, we would like to know um, the different areas. I mean, is it more expensive, to, for example, to do Colorado over Utah or Arizona or any of the other places in the West? Well, it really depends on the logistics of the trip, and every trip has its own kind of logistics. Uh, one of the most expensive trips we do is actually a, a river called the Gunnison Gorge, which is in the Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park now. And the reason it's expensive is because there's no road access to the river. So we actually have to horseback all of our equipment in the day before, and people actually do have to hike the last mile into the river from the roadhead on their own. And uh, 
It will vary a little bit on, again, what we provide. Some people prefer to bring their own other trips, we actually include that in the cost, and other trips, it's actually a rental add-on. So it really depends a little bit on what kind of a trip that they're doing. And uh, the majority of times, uh, again, a lot of our clientele has been with us for a number of years, and most of them have their own camping gear, so they like to bring them. You have North Face tent bags and, you know, quality gear for folks if they don't want to bring it or if they're flying in and they just want to rent it from us. It's just a little bit of a, of a trip add-on. And, um, again, trips can vary. I'd say the most inexpensive trip is going to be one that we run here on our local river where we're actually based, so our logistical costs are less there, and that can be like about $320 for an overnight trip and uh, $374 for uh, a Class 5 component of that, or you can do a three-day trip for around 475 to 495 Wow. And, uh, when we start going a little further afield, it gets a little more expensive than that, but not too much more. About how many people do you take as an average on a trip? Is there such a thing as an average? There really isn't. Again, there's all sorts of management constraints that we have. Um, the rivers are all kind of managed differently. Again, the Gunnison Gorge, the maximum trip size on a trip is 12 total people, including our guides. And then we have trips where we can take 16 people. We have trips where we can take 20. We have trips where we can take up to 30. So it really depends on the resource and what the management constraints are. But we very rarely would have a, a trip over, you know, probably 20 to 25 clients. And most of the time we're in the teens. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Do you... Do you have much of a problem on certain of the areas that require permits? I mean, are you able to get permits if a, a client wants to go at a different time than what your set ones are, or what is that situation? Well, a lot of the, the permitted rivers, we have what's called a launch calendar, so we have a series of dates that we can launch on, which we advertise. Uh -huh. And if someone wants to go at a time other than one of our advertised dates or one of our launch calendar dates, what we have to do is then see if we can maybe swap for the date that they want with an outfitter that actually has that date. So oh. it's possible, but it's just not sometimes as easy, and particularly in popular day, popular times. Um, sometimes we can facilitate that, sometimes we can't. Oh, okay. uh -huh. There are other rivers that we run that don't have those kind of constraints on them, and we can kind of just go ahead and and uh, and, and fit them in just about any day they want it to go. And again, every every river has a different management uh, system. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask this: uh, Is there a, a minimum age uh, to do, let's say, a Cat Four or a Cat Five in white water? Well, it really depends on the water level. We usually don't take anybody under 18 in Class 4 water and for sure in Class 5. And some of the Class 4 water, when the water begins to drop and it's not quite as pushy, uh, we might drop that down to 15 or so and with the understanding that the parents are, you know, they know what they're getting their children into and they're comfortable with it and, and they're, you know, they're basically all right with it. Uh-huh. And as far as minimum age goes, the, the biggest constraint that we have is uh, the children need to weigh 50 pounds. And so that usually gets them to be in about the five-year-old range. Huh. That's interesting. I would never have thought that weight has uh, that much to do with it. Well, it's primarily because all of our life jackets are Coast Guard rated. And the uh -huh. Coast Guard, uh, the youth jackets go from 50 to 90 pounds. Okay. Now, I know you do kayaking trips and canoeing trips. 
do you do those by themselves, or do you attach them with a whitewater trip, or you custom design them, or what do the what does the situation there? Well, again, it, it kind of varies. If people just want to come and do like a half day or one day of kayak or canoe training, they can just do that on on its own. And then a lot of our um, multi-day trips we do kayak instruction along with. So they might do a two or a three or a six-day trip. Probably one of the best rivers you can learn to kayak on is the Green River over in Utah, which is a six-day trip, and it's 86 miles long, and the first 26 miles of it are moving flat water, and then in the six, next 60 miles, there's 62 rapids that start out class one and two and work up to class three by the end of the trip, and it's a desert river, so the water temperature is usually up in the 70s, and the air temperature is in the 80s and 90s, so it's just a real pleasant place to learn how to boat, because to learn kayak, you've got you've to get wet. You've to learn to roll, and you're you're going to spend time under the water. So that's a real pleasant way to do it. Uh-huh. Is it, is that the one that goes through Destination Canyon? Yes, it is. Wow, because I know that uh, I haven't done that yet, but it sounds fabulous. Is that one of your popular ones, even in white water? Yeah, it is because it's just such a prime wilderness area. I mean, you're you're down inside one of the most inaccessible reaches of the United States in the lower 48, and um, you know, it's just very pristine down there, and there's, uh, you know, lots of natural history. There's old pioneer homesteads and Indian ruins and petroglyphs and pictographs, and, you know, the wild bunch was in that country, so there's just a lot of history and scenery to see as well as just it's a beautiful canyon. Huh. Is that one of your most popular uh, whitewater and kayaking trips? It's probably our most popular longer trip, yes. Um, and canoeing. Do you do canoeing on the rivers also? Yeah, we do. We don't do as much as, as we used to do. It seems like more and more people want to learn how to kayak, and not so many are interested in canoeing anymore. And most of the people that want to canoe, they just they, they prefer to do just the, the flat water stretches. And, uh, you know, our forte has always been more or less the white water stuff. Hmm. Okay. Um, what, um, in kayaking, because I love to kayak, and uh, I like white water kayaking over sea kayaking, and I was wondering, um, do you use play kayaks, uh, rodeo kayaks, or do you have a whitewater kayak? Uh, what kind? I know you said you rented them. What kind do you rent? Well, again, we've got a spectrum of boats that we sort of, you know, you have to fit those to the size and the shape of the individual and also to the river they're going to run and the skills that they want to learn. You know, if they want to learn play boating, we've got play boats. If they want to learn river running, we've got river running boats. Uh, we don't get too many people that come to us for rodeo boating, but, uh, you know, it's it's just most of the time people that come are basically beginners to intermediates. And so they're just looking for the basic to intermediate skills, and the big thing is if they they get a boat that fits them and they can pick those up, then oftentimes we can let them try a couple of different styles of boat, and then they can sort of figure out which way they want to go if they're going to buy their own gear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bill, did you get a lot of people that when they go on your first voyage, uh, do do they uh, return? A lot of people kind of get addicted to it, to to river running or trying different rivers and... Well, about, about the only way we've survived over the years is about 60 to 70% of our business is repeat business and word-of-mouth business. Oh, really? Wow, okay. okay. Not real good on the, the Internet and the computer, and that seems to be where the marketing has gone. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm an old dog, and I'm not real good on that stuff. So my word-of-mouth business is what keeps me going. Yeah, no, if you have a great experience, yeah, you just spread the word. Yeah, that, that's great. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, could I ask uh, how you got into this business? Because I know you're probably one of the oldest uh, whitewater running companies in the world. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I actually got into it. I was overseas for a number of years, and I came back from overseas to do a master's degree at the University of Colorado. And I was looking around for an internship, and uh, they offered me the job to coordinate the Partners River Program, which was a nonprofit social service program that worked primarily with kids who'd been arrested. And we used a, a multi-day river trip as a kind of a vehicle to facilitate a relationship between a kid and an adult. And we were actually the most successful recidivistic program in the country for seven years running. Oh, wow. wow. And so as a result of that, you broke off from that and just started your own company? Yeah, what happened was Ronnie Reagan got elected, and he decided it was better to incarcerate people than to divert them. So he used to spend about three to $5,000 a year to keep a kid out of jail, and now they spend fifty to $80,000 a year to keep one in jail. So the math doesn't make sense. But anyway, the program got in some trouble and didn't have finances to keep going, so they asked me to buy the program out, and I did. Oh, now, whereabouts are you located, your company located? I know it's in Colorado, but what town or what area? Well, my main base is in a little place called Nathrop, and I'm not really even in Nathrop. I'm five miles south of there. I'm out in the country, and that's located midway between Salida and Buena Vista, Colorado. Okay. And if you take Colorado as like a big square, draw it, uh, a line from each corner to the other corner and make an X, my base is just about a quarter of an inch below that X. Right in the center of Colorado, the Continental Divide's right behind my house. Oh, I can look out my window right now and see 14,000 foot peaks. So. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, and so wow. what river are you located? You said your home base is what river? Yeah, we're on the Arkansas River, which is actually the most popular whitewater river in the world. There's about 400,000 people a year who use the Arkansas. And uh, the, the section that's right out in front of my house is Browns Canyon, which is the most popular section of it. Probably about 190,000 of those 400,000 do that section that's right in front of my house. And the great thing about this river is we've got 145 miles of runnable water. And again, it's anything from class one to class five. So we've got uh, we've got a really good resource right here. How fabulous! Um, let me ask this: Do you ever combine trips, like um, if you want a kayak? and white water on the same trip, is that possible? Well, what we do is we offer a multi-sport program where people might come in anywhere from two to four, five, six days, and a lot of times they'll do um, an overnight river trip, and then they might do some kayak construction or learn how to fly fish, or they might do a mountain bike trip or um, climb a 14er or, or go hiking or do a horseback ride, and then uh, a lot of times they'll finish the day off. We've got a number of hot springs in this area. And primarily, all those multi-sport programs are, are run here out of my base on the Arkansas in Natrip, and we pretty much do everything in-house except the horseback riding. My goodness, you're very versatile. So almost anything they want to do, they can do. Is that right? As far as right, we can sort of package it up for them. And uh, again, a lot of times, there's some people out there who think that a wilderness experience is a Motel Six. So if they don't don't want to camp, we can put them up in a nice bed and breakfast or a lodge or something, so they don't have to camp. They can just do a different activity every day if that's what they prefer. But most people actually like to at least do one night of overnight camping. Now, for those people that have never uh, whitewater rafted, can you give us? And let's take it a catch three or four, can you explain to us what, how they do it and what they can expect? 
Well, again, class three is the most popular uh, section of whitewater boating for the majority of people are going to be in class. Now, what makes it a class, class three? Um, you know, typically what you have is you have steeper gradients and uh, easier stretches. There's more technicality, i.e. there's moves that you have to make. If you don't make the moves, then there's a chance that, you know, the boat could flip or the boat could wrap or something could happen. People could go for a swim. And uh, then, you know, when you get into class four, it's, it's just bigger and more and, and uh, more technical and usually steeper gradient, and it keeps going in classes that way. Just to give you an idea, um, a class three section of the Arkansas has a gradient of about 55 foot a mile. Our class four sections have a gradient of about 75 foot a mile, and our class five is 115 foot a mile. So the wow. gradient makes a big difference, and then just the technicality, i.e., how many moves that you have to make. The so when they get on, when they get on the, uh, they begin the trip on the whitewater. Uh, they, I guess, they have the instruction on what to do. Correct. And usually we have a safety talk, and then if you're in a paddle boat, we have a paddle talk where we go over what the different paddle commands are and how you respond to them and how the, when the guide's going to use them, and they sort of drill their folks. And then um, all, the, all the rivers, Jerry, are rated by the hardest rapid on the river. So if you say if you're in a Class 3 section, you usually have a mile or two of warm-up in Class 2 to, to get ready, and then you get into the, the Class 3 whitewater, and you run that, and so you've had plenty of time to sort of practice and get your skills down and understand what all the, all the commands and the moves mean. Mm -hmm. Now, so once they get the instruction, and uh, then they get the adrenaline up, and they say, okay, we're going, and so they get into the river, and um, do you have people who panic or start to get terrified before there's a reason to, or... No, I, I think most of those people aren't going to go on a river trip. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, right. so, so they get going, and then the guide says, uh, all right, here comes the first rapids. And what do they do? Where do they sit on the raft? Again, in, in a paddle boat, uh, they're going to sit on the edge of the boat, and they tuck their feet either in the foot cups or in, underneath a thwart. So their feet are sort of secure, and as long as they keep their paddle in the water, they've got three points of contact. Well, they actually have four because they got their butt that they're sitting on, and then their both feet tucked under something, and then their paddle in the water. So you actually got four good points of contact as long as you keep paddling and keep your feet tucked. Okay, and um, what percentage? Of, and so they hit the first rapids. Uh, is there a guy telling them? Uh, Paddle harder or less? Well, usually we use a series of commands, and, and the commands are forward and back paddle, and then left turn or right turn, and then stop. And, mm -hmm. and usually that's that's primarily what we need. And if you need something extra, they might say hard forward or whatever it is to let them know okay. to put a little more emphasis in it. Are, and uh, are there many, uh, if the water's lower or uh, in certain areas, are there any obstacles like rocks? Uh, that they have to sometimes go around, or is that sure, I mean, that's problem. the biggest part of whitewater boating is that you have to maneuver the boat through the technicality of the of the of the river, and the, that's right. caused by rocks. And a lot of times in high water, those rocks will be covered, and they will create big waves or big hydraulics. But in low water, they become you know it's a, it's a more technical run. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of like in bumps. Oh, okay. So if uh, they're going on their first time, do you think they should go more technical or the other way. Uh, you know, it, it, most people just come when, when they're in the area. They, they're going to come when their vacation brings them into these areas where the uh, mm -hmm. where, where there's white water available. And, uh, you know, again, 
the, the water is higher and colder in the spring. It's lower and warmer as you get into later in midsummer, and then by late summer, a lot of uh, a lot of our rivers don't even run anymore. They're what we call seasonal rivers. So as the snow melts, um, the level goes down until we don't have actually runnable water anymore. And so the only rivers that we have late in the summer are what we call dam-controlled wa- uh, wow. rivers or, uh, you know, the bigger rivers like the Green the Colorado and some of the major rivers that are going to have water all year long. So if you had a, a client that called you up on the phone and said, I want to go whitewater rafting and I want the best experience that I can get and I have five days, what would you recommend? Well, I'd try to talk them into a six-day green, or I'd uh, I'd probably work them into some sort of a five-day multi-sport on the Arkansas. And again, in five days, they could do five days of whitewater rafting, or they could do three or four days of whitewater rafting, and then another activity or two. It sounds absolutely fabulous. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Dvorak Expeditions, and uh, you can get them, and the website is Dvorak. Would you spell Dvorak for us? It's D-V-O-R-A-K. Yeah, it's D-V-O-R-A-K, expeditions.com. And then uh, we've got an 800 number, 1-800-824-3795. Fantastic. And um, I... Uh, Bill's reputation is phenomenal. His company's been around, as we just mentioned, since 1969. The uh, variety of experiences. So if you're ever in Colorado or Utah or any of the western states, we recommend that everyone listening in, that if you're in this part of the world or any place that uh, Bill's company will go, uh, Bill, uh, be sure to call because they're fabulous. Uh, Bill, what state in the U.S. do you go to? I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Well, again, our primary area is Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, and Wyoming, and then we do trips down on the Texas-Mexico border in the spring. Okay. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, Bill, we want to thank you very, very much for being our guest today, and I know the information given was excellent to our listeners, and uh, hopefully they'll be giving you a call to give give you more business because I I know personally that uh, you cannot go wrong by using your company because you're fabulous. All right. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate the call. Yeah, th- th- thank well, you, thank Bill. You. Yeah, pleasure meeting you and looking forward to hopefully we'll go on one of your trips soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, Chris. Look forward to taking you down the river. All right. Okay. Th- okay. Thank thanks you. so much, Bill. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.